Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, I have musician Elaine Bradley. Elaine is best known for her work as drummer of the hit band Neon Trees. I was really excited to have Elaine on the podcast and be able to talk to her about her career and kind of how she joined Neon Trees and about a lot of the other great projects that she's working on, including her new band, Kissed Out, as well as bringing back an old band, Another Statistic. And uh, yeah, a lot of great music is coming out from Elaine right now uh, while Neon Trees has been on a brief hiatus. As uh, you know, Tyler Glenn's put out her solo album. Elaine's got two different projects going on right now. And yeah, it was kind of cool to talk to her and find out, you know, everything that she's been up to. I first met Elaine years ago uh, when another statistic I was playing at a store I used to uh, co-own at a mall. And for, for years, I thought that Elaine possibly hated me because of, uh, of a brief encounter, you know, with some of their fans at the show. And, and it was, it was kind of, it was kind of fun to clear that air. So I, I didn't, I don't know that I necessarily really thought she hated me, but I just thought that there was just this, this little bit of bad blood there. So it was great to talk to Elaine and finally find out that there was no flat, bad blood. And uh, honestly, that Elaine didn't even remember it. So <laughs> it was just me overthinking it, getting into my head like I do. And yeah, but it's, it was a really great time talking with Elaine. And all I was talking to her about uh, a few a few months back, she was a guest drummer on Late Night with Seth Meyers. So it was fun kind of hearing about that experience as well. But yeah, overall, just a great time talking to Elaine. Can't thank her enough for taking the time out to join us on this week's episode. Coming up on February 28th, down in Los Angeles at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown. I am so excited to announce this. Our 100th episode will be taping live. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, just $10 for tickets. Our guests are not announced yet. We are still waiting to confirm. We should have confirmation early next week. Fingers crossed we get we get the guests that we are, we are working on right now. Uh, it, it would absolutely make my day to have, have the, uh, the particular guests on for our 100th episode. But either way, we are so excited to be doing this. Uh, you know, when I first started podcasting, I, I had a few goals. And, you know, of course, Nerdist was a big inspiration to me. And, you know, I, I heard all about the Nerdist showroom and people that were doing stand-up there. And I made a goal at one point that, you know, I was going to be able to do, you know, at least even an open mic there. And so I, I finally crossed that goal off a couple of years ago and did an open mic uh, at, at the Nerdist showroom. But the next goal was that I was going to be able to do the podcast live from there. Granted, you know, we've, we've done live shows, you know, at San Diego Comic-Con, Salt Lake Comic-Con. 50 West and we of course we've got a ton coming up this year but I still I needed to be able to do one at the Nerdist showroom where so many of my favorite shows you know have, have been recorded of course the meltdown with Jonah and Kumel on Comedy Central um, even before it was on Comedy Central you know their, their weekly Wednesday show was just amazing and so I always wanted to do a show there and so now that we're doing the show there you know just a few short weeks it, it's a dream come true and I am so excited I hope to see you there you know tweet us let us know if you're coming we, we really want to you know pack the room it's such a cool venue I, I love everything about the Nerdist showroom over there at Meltdown Comics on Sunset and yeah hopefully you guys are there Tickets are just 10 bucks. You can buy those tickets at nerdmeltla.com. And yeah, it, it'll be myself, Christopher James, Jesse Knight, Austin Grant, and then guests to be announced still. Uh, you'll see some of our posters coming out uh, probably probably later this weekend. Uh, some of those posters will hit. Share those around. You know, if, if any of you are in LA and can help us get some of those posters put up, please, please let us know. Uh, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm pitching, putting up actual posters and flyers and stuff. And a little bit on this episode, we talked to Elaine about the old kind of DIY, do-it-yourself, uh, you know, old band networking that, that we remember from, as, as I guess it makes it sound so old back in the day of, of being in bands and stuff. So, yeah, we, we, need, we need your help for this, uh, for this live show at, uh, at Nerdist. 
again, thank you so much to Elaine Bradley for taking the time to join us on this episode. Uh, Jesse also managed to make it for this episode. He didn't think he was going to be able to at first, uh, but was able to uh, to kind of adjust his schedule and make it onto the episode. Uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun to have Jesse on the show as well to, uh, to be able to talk with Elaine. Uh, again, thank you everybody for all of your support. Keep tweeting to us. We will see you February 28th at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown. Of course, we've got a bunch of episodes still coming before then. But for now, enjoy this episode with Elaine Bradley. Let it start going there. Yeah. You're you're fine with that, right? I'm fine, yeah. I'm doing all right. So now, I don't know if you remember this. So years and years ago, it was the first time I think we actually met was when you were doing another statistic, which nice. I know you guys are back doing it now. Next Saturday. Woo! But it was back in the day at Local, if you okay. remember Local. I don't. What's so Local? <laughs> it, it was a store that I was a co-owner of. So, and I'm Where was it? What was, it was the location? It was at the Southtown Mall. Yep. Okay. So, and yeah, I, I, was, I was one of the owners, and I remember... You guys playing there, uh-huh. and I remember making all of your fans and fr- and and uh, family very angry because we had to keep telling you guys to turn down. Yeah, we, it's very hard <laughs> for us to turn down. We are a three piece, but that's we're you know that's deceptive because we're very loud, <laughs> very very. So sorry about that. No, we kind of knew that was the nature of the beast going into a mall show. But yeah. at, the, at the same time. I, it is we, what it is. What are you going to do? We knew that Can't was the nature the drums, of the beast. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep the guitars and the bass up with the drums. Exactly. And I don't hit softly. <laughs> and we knew that was the nature of the beast having a show in a mall. Yeah. But the mall didn't quite realize yeah. that was the nature of They're the like, beast. They're like, we okayed this? <laughs> uh, all, the sto- all the stores around are complaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it always was whenever I would see anything with another statistic. Or then when you joined Neon Trees, I was just like, I feel like Elaine hates me. I've oh, always no. been scared. <laughs> No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, you you agree to play at a mall. You kind of agree to get yeah. razzed by all the other <laughs> mall store owners, you know, even if there's one that's like super into yeah. it. Yeah, no, nah. no, no hard feelings. <laughs> Never wear any. Yeah, <laughs> and and I I I talked I joked with Tyler about it. I was like, I know that I'm overthinking it because sure because yeah. I was like. I've always thought that Elaine was just like, oh, it's that guy again. But then also Dallin Weeks, oh. the whole thing from the Brobex back in the day. Uh-huh. And every time I see panic at something, I'm always just like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just, I don't, I mean, for me, there are t- tons of people who are like, oh, I thought you hated me because you gave me a dirty look. And I literally am like, I've never seen you with yeah. your eyes. <laughs> like, you must have been standing somewhere, and I must have been, like, thinking about something. And then you misconstrued my resting face as like <laughs> a dirty look towards you specific. But I have never registered your image in my brain. <laughs> so it's you're one of many, yeah. <laughs> which it, is fine. I, yeah, it was. I, I was at one of your guys' shows forever ago. I want to say it was on the Thirty Seconds to Mars and Mute Math tour. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting up top talking with Dave, and you came past with your with your parents, and Dave kind of waved and I waved, and. You, you smiled and waved to both of us, and Dave was like, yeah, see, Elaine, Elaine doesn't have any hard feelings. And I was like, I know. Like, uh, I'm so, yeah, I'm I so know. Good. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I'm going to worry about it every night, but it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> so now, how, how long have you been drumming now? I mean, I, it, 
Oh, well, Those, so, those another statistic days. I mean, that was like 2000. That was the beginning. Bye. That was, yep. Mm-hmm. The end of 2004 is when we formed, and that's when I started playing the drums for real. Because I, when I was a kid, I played the drums, but kind of only just because I thought it was cool and fun, yeah. but I never wanted to be the drummer in a band. And then in high school, I ended up being the drummer in a band because we didn't have a drummer, but I was also the singer. And I was like, guys, I'm only going to do this until <laughs> we get a drummer. And so we got a drummer who was really good. And so I, I switched to guitar, which I also didn't do really. But I learned to play the guitar by playing the drums in a band with people who played guitar. So I would just watch them. And <laughs> I'm a quick study. And then when wow. I played guitar in that band, it was maybe six or seven years that I played guitar in that band, I looked at the drummer during practice. And so that's how I learned to play the drums. So when I got back behind the drums as a favor to my friend Bryce, who is the singer of another statistic, yeah. or one of them, I guess. I'm the other <laughs> one. Um, yeah, so I, I was like, oh, I have a drum set from when, I'm li- when I was little, and I, you know, I feel bad that, because we tried playing guitar together, and it didn't work. And I was like, oh, I feel bad. <laughs> you know. And I don't like jamming, but I offered up as like a sympathy, feel bad, like, oh, well, I mean, I have drums from when I was little, so we could maybe jam, you know? And I... It, I didn't want to, <laughs> but at the same time, when, the first time we got together, it was actually really cool, and I was better at the drums than I remembered being, you know, from before, yeah. just from studying while I played guitar, whatever, so it went quick. It was fun, so we got a bassist, and bam, another statistic, and then we played with Neon Trees, so that's how I ended up in Neon Trees. I warmed my way in there, so, yeah, you know. which, which I know that's how even Dave managed kind of his way in as, your, as one of your guys' tour guitarists was mm-hmm. I had actually booked Neon Trees with Allred when I was managing Allred. Mm-hmm. and dave and tyler hit things off and so I, th- yep. I think it's funny how so much of the scene the scene seemed a lot smaller then yeah and it was like it was very tight-knit and i yeah. don't know if it still is maybe it is and i'm just not a part of the knit <laughs> you know what i mean i'm a loose fabric floating about in the wind but yeah the scene was back then in the you know mid to late 2000s was really it, cool it was re- it was really cool it was really good and yeah maybe maybe i'm not part of that thread anymore yeah either you know we just, just like, it's our fault we exited I, I, I don't know i don't know what's going on with it anymore <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean i'm kind of back in it i guess with my new band kissed out and with another statistic getting back together so i'm i'm kind of back playing at velour and yeah. you know with other bands so i kind of have like a, my pinky finger to the pulse now so maybe that'll switch over yeah. slowly to my ring <laughs> finger and then and then my pointer finger so i could and then my middle finger and pointer finger and then i'll really know yeah, then, then you'll you'll be in the know and yeah it'll, and no it'll, one it'll can be stop like me then. nothing changed yeah it'll be so tight-knit because i'll be a part of it <laughs> <laughs> how, how do all those younger bands like as you go, go back to velour and stuff how do they how do they kind of react you know being able to play alongside you guys with everything that since since the last days really at velour before right. the entries how do those younger bands kind of take to it now are they are they learning more or less from you are they a little bit intimidated to be on shows i don't know i don't really talk to them (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i mean i have like i have so many children i come in for the show i play the show and i leave you know what i mean like it's just it's not the same as like when you're a single college kid and you're like that's like your thing you know that's that's my thing to do but it's not my thing to hang out you know what i mean like so I don't know. Maybe that's also why it's not so tight knit for me because it's like, <laughs> oh, my family's my knit now, you know. So I don't know. It's, I, it's also the job, though. I, I joked one of the other guys that does the podcast with us a lot is uh, he, his primary thing is stand up, 
And I'll, I'll go well, out and dabble and stand up here and there. That's got to be hard. But I've I, thought I, about that. It, it's worth it's worth the try. It's, no, it's I'm fun. not for me. I'm talking about just how hard <laughs> oh, just stand how hard up must stand-up be. Is. That's just got to be so hard. It is. You're, the pressure. People expect you to yeah. make them laugh. Like I'm pretty good at making people laugh, but they don't sit down and go make me laugh. You know what I mean? That just seems very stressful. Sorry for the sidetrack. No, because it it it, do, it does seem stressful. David Keckner honestly is the one who eased things. I think for both of us. Because he was just like, they're rooting for you to be funny. That's true. They want like, you to be they funny. They want you to be funny, so don't let don't it be disappoint. in your head. Just like get out there and do your thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Like That's, that's true. That makes it a lot easier. So, But he uh, – oh, it's my train of thought. I'm now. sorry. I, told no, you're good. <laughs> I took you to a different world there. <laughs> I did. But uh, we were talking about how I am not a part of that scene. It's not oh, my yes, – yep, yes. there you go. So, but we we'd been talking about how the fact that, like it's it's our job, like most people when they're done with their job they don't hang around their job. Yeah. Well, nowadays with the cool workplaces with the pool yeah. tables and the whatnot, they, yeah, they that's kinda, true. They want you to, <laughs> but I think that's creepy. <laughs> but yeah, we were we were like, yeah, you do your set and you, you go. And he and I had kind of debated it a little back and forth, and then Eliza Schlesinger was on a WTF. And she said it exactly, and I was like, "Ha, oh, go back and listen to it." And ever since then, it's like, "Yeah, we're not necessarily really tight with the scene. We go and we do our thing, and we leave, and mm-hmm. on to the next thing." Because yeah, it is. It's a job, and yeah, where you've got a family at home, right? Yeah, it makes it a little hard to yeah to hang out with the, and I with have the college friends. Kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I'm like not actively pursuing making new ones. You know what I mean? Like, there there's no opening. You know, so when when an opening open up opens up, maybe I'll get myself back out there. But I just don't care. There's enough. just an ad on Craigslist. Yeah. Like Elaine Bradley is now yeah. taking one one friend spot open, <laughs> taking requests. Yeah. So when when you got into to neon trees. I mean, it was through with another statistic playing with Neon Trees. How did that kind of conversation go with another statistic and kind of oh, well, branching we were, into it We all? were on the way out anyway, so that's why I was looking for something to do because it was becoming apparent that um, another statistic wasn't going to be as serious as I personally was. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've always been extremely serious about music. Like, even in high school – you know, when your own parents and brothers and sisters, I'm the youngest of seven, so anything I ever did was cute and little. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even in those days where I was like, oh, Elaine's little band is so cute. <laughs> I was always like, gosh, man, I, it's real, you know? So I've always been like too serious about making the music thing work. And so it kind of happened naturally because another statistic was becoming apparent like, hey, Bryce was uh, married and his wife got pregnant and. You know, he was gearing up for that, and he was trying to become a seminary teacher. He was trying to be realistic, whatever that means. And I was like, I don't, whatever that means. He's going to do the adult thing. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm not going to do that, you know. And I actually, um, because another statistic played with the old incantation of Neon Trees several times, Chris and I, the guitarist of Neon yeah. Trees, started hanging out and started dating. And so we hatched a plan. We realized quickly, by the way, within a few months, that music was the really important thing and the relationship, <laughs> like, not so much. You guys were just jamming and considering So that ended. <laughs> so that ended. And uh, But we had hatched this plan to get me in Neon Trees because they were going through the same thing. With So Chris and Tyler were, re- like, so serious yeah. about it, and the rest of the guys kind of weren't. And so dragging people along with you while you're really serious about something is takes a toll and it's really not feasible to have success when half or more of you is like not willing right you know what i mean so they were kind of going through the same thing like oh this isn't going to work 
as it is now. What do we do? You know, and I was doing the same thing. This isn't going to work as it is now. What do I do? And so we hatched this plan. Okay, obviously we're on the same page, serious-wise. We both want this to work, and we like each other's talent, so let's get me in neon trees. And Chris brought it up to Tyler, and Tyler was like, absolutely not. I don't want a girl in the band, you know. And in Tyler's defense, <laughs> in Tyler's defense, he wasn't being sexist or, or a jerk. He was saying he doesn't want a token girl in the band, yeah. which mm. I don't either. I never, I would never want a girl to play the bass for us just to have a girl in the band. You oh, know what I mean? I so I'm, I'm all in. I'm all for that. I've never actually played in a band with a girl. You know what I mean? Right. So, mm. and I would if they were really good. It's just I've never come across anybody across anybody that's like good enough. Right. You know. So it's just my situation hasn't allowed it. But so he was saying, hey, no, 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 let's not add a girl to add a girl. And Chris was like, no, 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 she's really good, you know, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I know she's good, but eh, it's just not what I <laughs> see for the band. You know what I mean? My image. I don't want a token girl. So they ended up splitting ways with the other guys, and uh, they had a few shows booked, and so they kind of had to ha get replacement people. Right. And of course, who was ready? <laughs> I was. And Chris was like, oh, well, Elaine could just fill in for those few shows, you know? And uh, the whole while, Chris and I were like talking behind <laughs> you, the scenes you were building it all oh up. yeah we were like yeah i'm not leaving like like once you play these shows you're not leaving <laughs> you know we, we knew it we just tyler just didn't know it yet so that's what happened actually they got um brandon to fill in on the bass you know so we played those shows together and it was just electric and very cool and the vibe and the you know the musicianship was just so fun and so spot on and then unfortunately brandon had other commitments he was going to go out on tour with joshua james yeah you know so we moved to California, and he was like, I can't, see you later, I got a wife and two kids, you know, and we were like, all right, bye, and, you know, took another guy to play the bass, and that didn't really work out uh, for a lot of reasons, it, really nice guy, so that wasn't one of them, but just musically, it didn't work out, and uh, same uh, same time around that we were saying, okay, we got to part ways with this guy, Brandon called Tyler and was like, man, I can't stop thinking about Neon Trees, I can't stop thinking about it, you know? And he was like, man, I was talking to my wife, and he had, you know, a, a real responsible adult job or whatever. And he, his wife knew he wasn't happy, and so she was like, well, if there's, if you wanted to do anything, like, what would the thing be? Because he was like, 18 bands, you know what I mean? Yeah. Brandon is the guy you call when you need a guy to play the bass for you in a band. Like that's what that was his role in life was to be the resident bassist. <laughs> but he never had a project like that was really his own, like not since you know whenever high school or whatever. And so his wife asked him that question. He was like, man. All that kept coming to mind was neon trees. So that's when he called Tyler and was like, I just can't can't stop thinking about it. I can't shake it. I just feel like, you know, I'm ready to be part of something that's like I have ownership in and I think this is the thing. And Tyler was like, uh, amazing. This is like the same week in which we realized that we can't continue with this other bassist and you're calling. It was like, oh, rays of light from heaven. You know, so Brandon flew out and uh, played with us for a couple days and we said, okay, you know, We'll see how we like it, you see how you like it, and then we'll decide what's happening. And obviously we liked it, he liked it, so he actually would split his time between his wife and children and then <laughs> hanging out in California <laughs> living with us. Just, and it was terrible. It was the worst year of all of our lives. So, But, you know, nothing good comes without sacrifice. Exactly. And that's the thing about having four totally serious people trying to do the same thing, trying to have a common goal, is we never talked like, well, if this doesn't work out. It was always, well, when this happens, or I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen, and then we'll do this. You know, we were all very much on the same page. Like, it, we didn't consider that, like, quitting was an option, really. You know yeah. what I mean? I know the feeling all too well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, Tim knows that. Yeah. I, Joshua James is amazing, by the way. I've seen yes. him live quite a few times. I'm curious, 
I would never want to narrow it down to one band, but w- what are some of the bands that inspired you when, when, when you were young? Oh, well, I kind of grew up on a steady diet of, like, very young, Led Zeppelin and Depeche Mode were my two favorite bands, and they kind of still are my two, like, go-to pillars, you know? Uh, and then, you know, peppered in there, we have, like, The Cure and Peter Murphy, but also Boys to Men, ABC, New Kids <laughs> on the Block, <laughs> Alice in Chains. Uh, then you have Stone Double Pilots, Pearl Jam. Like, so that's, like, me growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that stuff gets, like, peppered in. And then Sunny Day Real Estate was my favorite band in high school, oh, along with Radiohead. Um, you know, and just I, I liked Dave Matthews also. So I, I like anything that tickles my fancy anything that's good but i think it for me it shaped me a lot to grow up on rock and roll and then like kind of synth pop you know mm. which is kind of what neon trees does is a, is a marriage of you know definitely yeah live rock and roll yeah. and synth pop which is really fun yeah and i mean through the albums too you guys have where e- the sound has always changed just yeah. a hair he's got you a, a little you guys have always done a good job of meshing all of those all of those styles, and it's funny because I've known some of each of your backgrounds with mm. with influence, and I'll hear a song, and I'm always just like, "That's a Tyler, song. that's a Chris song," and like yeah, yeah. each one of them always always stands out just that little bit, knowing some of your guys' backgrounds. And I think that I thought that was so cool. Like each time I'd hear an album with yeah, with cool. that little bit of influence. So now, now when you guys were in California, was that when you guys were kind of working with Feldman at the time? Or were you no, guys just still trying to no. get your, get your this footings was, in? We were playing, yeah. <laughs> we were we were doing. I'm doing air quotes tours, you know, where like (laughs) we'd go up the West coast and, you know, around to Idaho and back down or whatever. And we'd, we'd play shows for like 10 people and considered a real, real success because four of them bought shirts, (laughs) which is a success. I mean, that's like 40% of the people loved it (laughs) and probably the other 60% liked it, you know? Yeah. So we were winning over audiences one person at a time. (laughs) But I mean, that's the thing is we never played differently though. You know what I mean? We'd walk into a room and it would be depressing as all get out. And I think it would be easy to be like, yeah, phone it in or, you know, like this is pointless, but we just, always would just leave it out there almost more so when there were less people it was like whatever yeah. we do this for us not for you, <laughs> <laughs> you know? so i i think that's that's actually how we got kind of a you know a stepping stone was because um ronnie venucci the drummer for the killers yeah. is friends from uh high school with Brandon. so they, right. they were like in a band together back when and they've just kept in touch and kept stayed good friends and uh he came out to a show you know hey my buddy's in vegas so i'll go see him or whatever He'd been to a bunch of his other bands' show or whatever, and th- he saw us play for like ten people, you know. In I don't even know what it was, Hollywood Bowl or something like that. It was, it was one of those bowling alleys in Vegas that I think yeah. is now closed. Was um, it the Lucky Strike? Maybe. I don't know. I really. I, don't I think know. I know which one you're talking about, though. There you go. So we played that show, but we played, for, you know, as if it were a lot more people. Yeah. And that's what he said to Brandon. He's like, "Man, I'm so impressed. I think you guys are really going to do something. Like you played." Like there were 10,000 people there, not 10 people. And he was really impressed. So he, you know, talked to his bandmates and said, hey, guys, I really like this band. I think they're really promising. And I think it'd be cool to have them open for us. And people always say, like, oh, how cool is that to tour with the Killers? We didn't tour with the Killers. They let us open the two warm-up shows they had before Before their actual tour. The actual tour. So we played, like, the House of Blues in Vegas and then the Warfield in San Francisco. And that's it. You know, so it was two shows, three months apart. And they were great, you know, really wonderful. And their fans are, you know, especially the fans at those warm-up shows are diehard fans. Yeah. And some of those became 
our diehard fans or whatever. So, but it was like, oh, who's this band opening up for the Killers for their warm up shows? You know, so there's like buzz amongst right. the labels. So that's how we got the A and R guy from our label. That you know, what ended up being our label to come out and see us. So they, mm, we have questions. Who's this band? Yeah. You know. <laughs> so that that's actually I think the one of the biggest things that helped us really get a leg up and start going somewhere other than. 10 people shows <laughs> and see I, I i love that you did you do the whole air quotes with the with the touring because yeah. i remember some of my just terrible bands back in the day just the fact that we called ourselves a band was even laughable <laughs> <laughs> but we we would we would do those tours mm-hmm. and it was more or less just like we would meet a tour manager from somebody else and just beyond just kiss their butt to just be like all right come on like just let us play a few shows and then it was just like fine if you'll leave us alone you can play a few shows and we would get on just like the teeniest shows down the coast, and then we're like, "Yeah, this is a tour." And well, like, you got—I feel like yeah. you got to think like that, though, right? I mean, you do. What's the point of of not thinking big, even when it's small? Yeah. You know, like because I've been I've been really touring with bands since high school. Like you know, that was back in the DIY days where you know you you didn't have cell phones, yeah. so you were like mm-hmm. booking over the real phone, you oh, know, yeah. and like hoping that they meant it when you showed up. Yeah, and then know? going out and like <laughs> with the paper with the actual like flyers and oh yeah and yeah. you know in some ways it was better than like in some in some I ways the diy like shows were better than yeah. because you know like half the high school would show up because it was something cool and it was like not unusual i mean it was unusual it was not like every day you know oh yeah you know seven seven eight of our, our friends have bands and you yeah. know what i mean it was like kind of special more special to be in a band it was harder there wasn't garage band there wasn't you know all this stuff there wasn't the internet really yeah, like there was but it was very beginning stage everybody was still making their angel fire websites yeah <laughs> <laughs> napster came out when that band was happening and we yeah. were like what will this do to music you know what I mean? <laughs> so that that was back in that day which i'm a little nostalgic for but also you know you can't argue with with how the internet's helped music either so yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I know i still have some old neon trees flyers Somewhere, so I, I've mm. I still have the Treehouse Sessions CD. Nice. And like when Tyler was oh, on the it's podcast, so poorly mixed. Oh, it is, <laughs> but, but it's still it's so those electric drums. It's so <laughs> wonderful at the same time. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's it's magic. Yeah, Ty- Tyler actually had to have me email him all the tracks for it. Oh yeah. Because he was like, I don't have that CD anywhere. <laughs> and like right. a couple days after, it was actually when you guys did a Salt Lake Comic Con last year. Tyler yeah. come on like the day before. And like a week later, he's like, "Hey, can you email me those uh, those tracks? I really like my my own music." Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's good that you exist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, it it's been cool to kind of watch the way that music has kind of grown that in that way. But yeah, the the whole DIY situation. I mean, even as like with the podcast, we're starting to tour the podcast this year, and it's like, yeah, we've done a couple shows. Like we've done two live shows at San Diego Comic Con and like some bigger things, but it's like eh, it still isn't touring but now like this year it's like oh we have our 100th episode at nerdist showroom in a couple weeks and Mm -hmm. we're doing a show in new york in another month and a half and it's like okay well like now it's starting to tour but you get i mean you you, you have to yeah branch those out you have to put the horse before the cart (laughs) sometimes mentally yeah you know what i mean you have to be like you have to have something to latch on to to keep you going until the thing actually happens right you know so i'm all for that yeah. I'm all for like the the mental tricks <laughs> you, you must play with yourself to like get through hard times. It's I don't know I call that hope faith you know what yeah. I mean. And and you mentioned too like the positive position that you guys kind of gave yourself of not saying oh if this doesn't work out like you guys were always you know with oh, that forward mind like it's going to. And that a few years ago when I 
I had moved to Los Angeles and everything fell through after a couple months and I had to move back. And mm-hmm. I was like, what am I going to do now? And I was like, the only thing I know how to do. And so it was just jumping into everything I could with whether it was podcast, radio, comedy, and uh, Jim O'Hare uh, came on the podcast and he was talking to me about it. And he just finally said, you know, you recognize it's all that you really know how to do. So you're going to make it happen one way or well, the sure. other. And I was like, yeah, because otherwise I'm not going to eat. So <laughs> <laughs> Sure. But that's the difference between, you know, people who have like the arts or entertainment or whatever as the thing that they yeah. do uh, and people who like doing that stuff but lack the drive. You know what I mean? Because some people are very good at it but lack the drive and so they'll work another job and yeah. they, they'll that's how they'll live their life. But they're, they may be better than us. You know what I mean? Like technically, physically – creatively they might be better than us but what we lack in like you know raw whatever raw talent i mean not that we're not talented but you know what i'm saying like you have to be driven you have to you know be focused and committed and if you're not any of those things or if you're not one of those things it's you'll let yourself settle yeah you know like oh i tried but it didn't work like it just wasn't an option for me and it becomes i feel like it becomes apparent it's less it's less a decision than it's like a way of life. You know what I mean? It's like, well, obviously this is what I'm going to do because this is all I ever keep doing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think it's more like that. Like, well, whoops, I'm not going to do anything else. <laughs> so I better figure out how to make this work or, or else I won't eat yeah. because I'm not the person to go get a nine to five job and I don't want it. And I, you know, whatever. So yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good thing. And I like that there are people who aren't like that. So it doesn't muck up the scene even more for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let those people settle into their nice jobs. I saw, I saw one of my friends the other day that had posted CNN has this whole new, the history of comedy that they debuted at Sundance and stuff. And it's been getting rave reviews. And there's all these memes that have come out with George Carlin and Robin Williams. And one of my friends was like, man, now all these people are going to see this and they're going to want to do comedy now. And, right? And Comedy's like, a new music. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, that that and podcasting because it seems like now everybody has a podcast. That's true. And it's just yeah. like, yeah. no, really? It's like every time I have to reach out to people, especially in, whenever we're setting up our shows in L.A., and it's just like, yeah, I've got a podcast too. Uh, you want to come on it? I know yeah. you've probably got like 50 others to do this week, but... <laughs> it's true, yeah. But you know what? That The... The true, the true people yeah. will stick it out, and the other people will kind of fall by the wayside, you know? Yeah, it, It's sad, though, too, when you see some of them that don't have drive, because there, there was even an artist that, that I'd worked with in the past. I directed some music videos for them, mm-hmm. and earlier this week, I got a text from them that was just like, hey, can you actually pull those down? Because I've retired from music, and I'm applying for some serious jobs, and I just don't want them to see my old music. Are you serious? And I was just like... Oh well, now I really want to know who that like, was. Like my my heart, my heart hurt a little bit. Can you cover the microphone and tell me? <laughs> <laughs> you can just edit it out yeah. later. <laughs> Stop <laughs> the recording. <laughs> tell <laughs> me. I'll, I'll I'll just cut it out here. Uh, his name. Wow. Well, Interesting. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need those too, yeah, right? We, we we need those too. But yeah, I was I was sad because he's really really sure. really good. But there's been other bands that I've worked with over the years, too, that like right as I could see them like rising, were like all of a sudden someone's like, yeah, I'm going to go to med school. Oh, yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, but the, that's why you the need band. the like minded people, because the band <laughs> will implode or fall yeah. apart 
if you don't have yeah, all everybody on the same one page. One of the bands, it was their drummer that decided to go to med school, but he also wrote all of their songs. Oh, no. And so it was just like, oh, yeah, that, that is the band. Like, <laughs> And it was it was so sad. I mean, props to him. He went to med school, and he's a doctor now. Sure, that's great. But And that's some people's calling. That's yeah. the thing that they want to do, and I think that's great. I just don't know what that feels like. Yeah. You know? And I'm I went to college doctors, to be so. practical. <laughs> I graduated college to be practical. Basically to tell my kids that they don't have any excuse not to. Yeah. But I knew I never wanted to do anything with it. Yeah. All the way through. People would ask me, oh, what do you want to do with this major? My major was public health. And I'd be like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but no, but when you get a job, like, what do you want it to be? I really don't want to work in public health. I really don't. You know, and that would be my answer for every class. I'm not going to work in public health. I'm glad you have a job. And I'm glad that you're teaching me stuff, and this is a very fascinating subject, but I want to have nothing to do with it professionally. No, thank you. Yeah. That, that's how it became with, like, when I was in college going, because I, I initially started in business school before I ended up going to film school. And after, after I was just about done with my bachelor's, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This is like, it, it, I was miserable every single day. I was just like, why am I, why am I doing this to myself? Right. It's like, luckily now I can apply that to to everything i mean i was planning to use it for entertainment anyways sure yeah it's just like eh, so it's good information to have at least now i can do my own taxes and i don't have to have an accountant that is pretty (laughs) impressive because tax time is stressful yeah for us all yeah yeah Yeah, it's when when you don't necessarily have just like the regular w2 rolling in and you have to figure everything else it gets very complicated it really does i'm really glad we have business managers but at the same time that creates a certain amount of fear because it's like i don't know what they're doing (laughs) i I have no i'm I'm not going to take the time to like read it over line by line so i just hope and pray that they're doing their job well trust them yeah wasn't that what killed this like some of the members of the smashing pumpkins off was they didn't read some of their stuff and like completely bankrupted some of them oh i don't know i mean that would probably i might wow. just be that totally would probably be billy like corgan's fault yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he like he was pretty i'm the guy yeah you know which can kill any band yeah <laughs> you know yeah i, I might totally which is sad be because i loved up, <laughs> i loved james eha's solo project loved it i don't know if i heard that what oh maybe, man maybe i did so good i listened really good. to so much that like jesse will randomly bring something up to me sometimes i'm like i don't know that i've heard that and he'll send me a link and i'm like Oh, I've got that album on my iTunes. Yeah, I've heard that. It's <laughs> yeah. good. No, I actually uh, worked at Blockbuster in Chicago. That was my first job in the city of Chicago when I moved down there after high school. And uh, it was the busiest Blockbuster in Chicago, which made it the worst Blockbuster <laughs> in Chicago. It was a horrible job, and I hated it, and they wouldn't give me any more money than minimum wage. And I I have a good work ethic, which really stinks in those in those yeah. environments because yeah. no one else does <laughs> so then you end up like working really hard for nothing you know yeah. and for no praise and no pay <laughs> so it's like ah but i left but anyway before i left i was working one day and james eha came in to rent some videos and oh, i was man. like oh james eha i love your solo album it was so good and it was maybe like a year after it came out or whatever in the late 90s and he was very not impressed <laughs> <laughs> he was very like kind of disappointed that I recognized him if that makes sense you know what I mean he was like and just rent me my videos you know <laughs> that was his face it was it, I think his I think his answer was cool you know I'm like okay well and your total is 524 thank you so <laughs> super awkward but I did love his solo project I loved it I'll have to make sure I do have that please do but I mean you know the James Eha Smashing Pumpkins songs yeah you know those are they're great so it's basically an album full of those Sweet, yeah, I, I sweet James Eha songs. I enjoyed yeah. him uh, in Perfect Circle as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing them. I want to say like Kingsbury Hall, like ten years ago or so. 
maybe 15 years ago. Oh, mm-hmm. so when they were great. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like it was a good fantastic. time to see them. Yeah. Yeah, I've, like, I like I laid off concerts for so long over the last little bit, and now now every so often I start going back to them. I'm like, why did you go see this? I, <laughs> I, like, yeah, it's been weird to not go to as many concerts. Mm-hmm. So and I hear you. Yeah, this. You should this dive right in if you're yeah. around it next Saturday. You should just dive right in at Valor. We actually are in town next Saturday. See <laughs> a rock show. Remind yourself of the mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see how loud we can really be. <laughs> I'd prefer to not remind myself of those days in the mall. But <laughs> <laughs> Wipe the slate clean from the mall with this show. Cleanse your yeah. palate. <laughs> and then you can have a memory of me not being mad at you. <laughs> this, this is true. Okay. This is true. I'm, just, I'm putting it out there. So that, that, that'll be my goal then next Saturday at Valor. Okay. So, so what are your your plans and your goals at this point? I know that you just came out. You're with a new band. I did kissed out, and then, right, and right. then we're doing another statistic too. So, I I just like music. I just like playing music, and I would love for it all to be successful mm. <laughs> because I can't do anything as a hobby. Like my hobbies aren't my. I don't have any. Ho- my hobby is like watching TV. You know what <laughs> I mean? But like everything else I do is super serious <laughs> all the time. Anyway, so uh, you know. I with Kissed Out, like obviously that's really fun for me because I get to be the front person and I don't have to play the drums. Because playing the drums is kind of something I got stuck doing. If like I'm totally honest, it I, it's not what I set out to do. Yeah, it's never really what I wanted to do. I always want to be the front person in a band, you know. And so situationally, I'm super glad it happened and it's very fun. So. I don't want to seem like I'm complaining, but whenever anybody is like, oh, you know, Elaine, drummer, I'm always like, man, I just don't feel like a real drummer. You know, I, I, I feel like a phony. <laughs> I try to do my best and I, you know, I'm, I'm not bad at it, but yeah, it's not what I consider myself. So it's really fun to do something that doesn't involve me playing the drums, you know, and that I can like dance and sing yeah. whatever I want to sing without worrying yeah. about how to play it as well. You know what I mean? But another statistic's really fun because... It's the kind of drumming that I like to do, give it left to my own devices. It's like weird timing and strange beats and, you know, clever changes and it's all over the place and it's just super fun to play. And I switch and sing and play guitar with our guitarist singer who comes back behind the drums and plays the drums. So that's fun for me because I could kind of do it all, what I enjoy, you know? So I, the, I'm just selfishly playing in bands that I really want to play in, and I just hope that people like them. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? That's what I'm doing right now. And Neon Trees, you know, we're, we're still a band. We just purposefully took some time off to, I don't know, take a break. We'd been going really hard since those days in California in 2007. Yeah. yeah. You know, like pretty much nonstop. Because even when a band is off cycle and stops into the public eye, that's when you're working on your next album. That's when, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, it never stops. It's been incessant, you know, 2007 until 2015, you know, was just like, ah. so we purposefully said, guys, let's take some time off, not stress about what we're going to do, do our own things. That's why I'm doing Kissed Out. That's why I'm doing another statistic, you know, because I get to do selfish things that I want to <laughs> do and just hope they <laughs> succeed enough. But, you know, Tyler did a solo thing and, you know, the other guys are doing whatever they want to do. And Brandon had a baby. I had a baby. You know, Brandon didn't have the baby. His wife did. Let's, <laughs> let's not give him credit where credit is not due. But his wife had a baby. So, you know, stuff like that. So we just kind of, I think w- we we felt like if we would keep going, it would be because other people wanted us to. Mm. And we might create something we weren't totally proud of. And up until now, we've always 
created things that I mean we obviously you, hindsight's twenty twenty. you look back and you're like oh, I wish I would have or oh, we shouldn't have let this person influence us into choosing this single or you know you have your regrets but the things that we have put put out we've been proud of and I, I think we're, that's all very important to us you know that we feel good about what we're doing because it is a product like you said it's a business it's our job yeah what our art is our product which is a dirty nasty thing sometimes <laughs> but it's the truth you know what i mean you can't live as an artist without having a product you yeah. know people always so forget that it's show business yeah totally like, and those business yeah. sides of it sometimes make you feel very dirty and like you want to shower oh, yes. and cry <laughs> you know but the things that we've put out we've always been proud of and i think we we all felt like a little nervous that if we would let the machine keep going, because it's a machine, that yeah. thing will just run you over. You know, like, and I think we all felt like, oh boy, this machine is getting bigger than the sum of its parts, and we're all starting to be run over by it. And let's just take some time, refresh with things that aren't neon trees that we want to do. You know, selfish endeavors, Tyler's solo thing, my stuff. You know, like. Just be selfish and just do what we want to do for a little while so that when we come back, we can be grateful for it and we can appreciate each other. And You know what I mean? And I think the machine was just full steaming ahead too much that it was hard to see the individual through the collective machine, you know? And so it's been nice to take this time off because in the time that we've gotten back together and, and talked and, you know, because we still talk, which is nice. Yeah. A lot of people are under the mistaken impression <laughs> that like that we don't talk and we hate each other. Not true. So it's nice because it's like there, there's no pressure there. And we do, when we do it again, it'll be because we want to. You know what I mean? So it's been nice to like not be broken up, but all be on the same page. You yeah. know, and kind of go away for a while. And I think it's going to be an even more exciting thing to come back then. You know, because it's not like we ever went away like we broke up. But, you know, we gave people a little rest. Let's just give people, they had neon trees fatigue. (laughs) (laughs) Their ears were fatigued. Let's give them a rest. Come back. With us energized, people energized, you know, I think that's our our hope. We'll see how it works, though. And, And even when you guys were going full steam, though, you guys still managed just like you would you would disappear. I want to say it was after everybody talks that after after that album, like it was still like you would still see you guys. But then all of a sudden pop psychology was just there mm-hmm. it's because we worked really yeah. hard <laughs> but I, I remember <laughs> when really Tyler quick. debuted that single he had brought it into x96 i was still interning at x96 oh, at cool. the time and i remember todd just saying this is going to be insane and then i, I think you guys were in at k-rock the following morning mm-hmm. and somebody shot me the link and they're like all right well here it is and i listened to it and i was like oh damn this song is going to be big <laughs> and it was I, I just loved that even even though you guys were like full steam in the machine at the time that it was just such a big burst sure that i can't even imagine what's going to be next when it comes down to right. you guys have taken this time back and mm-hmm. all of you i know have those ideas that have built that's the up. thing you don't ever stop working yeah like just because we're not getting together doesn't mean we're not thinking and working yeah. it's, and, it's a continual you know, it's like it's process. an art you know yeah exactly so it'll be it'll be really fun to see what happens next because we don't know yeah what we're gonna hone in on and want to do and you know what i mean it's like we're gonna come with a bunch of ideas and weed them down and then find a sound that we all feel like really excited about and then run with it so i don't know let's all be really excited yeah. on the lookout <laughs> for that <laughs> i know i am what, what one thing that i that 
I was really excited about, and I was super bummed because I was in New York, New York the following week. But you got to do the week uh, as a guest drummer on South Myers. I did. Too bad you weren't there. I could have had you. I had guest sp- spots and no oh, one really? to fill them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I like I don't have any friends here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, actually, my sister flew out, so I got to have one guest for two days. So I felt pretty special. But the first day, I was all, oh, it's just me. Um, that was really fun. That w- that was like one of those career moments where you're like, man pinch myself is this yeah. happening that's another one of those phony moments where like guys i'm not really a drummer like, <laughs> are you sure you want to have me as a guest drummer i could be like you know in skits you want, yeah. me, you want me to be in skits i'd probably be more comfortable but it was that the band was great and really kind and everybody there was really nice and it was just a fun time it was a really special experience i'm glad i got to do it how did that how did that come about because i'm always just so amazed like when Fred's off doing his thing and Seth will just be like, someone's just drumming this week. Yeah. Just like, yeah, they just what? had uh, Kenny Arnoff yeah. on there. And then they, uh, Mute Math. Yes. Yeah, he was just on last yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darren. Darren King. Yeah. He's he's great. Anyway, so it's yeah, they have like a, that's another thing. So I, you look at the wall of like the guest drummers and the guest musicians that they've had because sometimes they have guitarists yeah. and vocalists or whatever. And I'm like, man, and they put my picture up there and I was like, get out of town. <laughs> Get out of town, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, that happens because they, so the guy who, like, reaches out or whatever, they, they kind of just have in mind who they want to have on. So they reached out through, you know, whatever channels to me to see if I'd be interested. And I said, yes, of course. Are you sure? I can't read music and I'm not a real drummer. <laughs> like, I literally said that. I was like, but just so you know, if you want to have, like, musical cues and, and, like, sheet music, that's not, I can't. And they're like, no, 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 because th- the whole idea that Fred Armisen had for the HG band was to make it an indie rock band. So everybody comes in and you just write. And like they're talking about notes. Luckily for me, drums don't involve notes because <laughs> I'd be lost if they did. Yeah. But, you know, they all, you know, oh, let's go G to B and whatever, you know. And then you just memorize it and they take little samples during the rehearsal, which, which is only like an hour and a half, two hours tops during the day. You make up all the stuff. You know, and wow. then they have this little cue in your ears to say like, okay, next commercial break, this is what's happening. And they play it for 10 seconds. They're like, okay, remember it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really stressful. <laughs> the first night, I forgot to smile because I was so stressed out. And I, and I, I did fine, but I, I went back to my hotel room after the taping, you know, and I stayed up late to watch it. And I, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I look so concerned. And I was. <laughs> it was accurate. So it wasn't like, oh, that's not it's a misrepresentation. I really am having fun. I was not having fun. I was very concerned <laughs> and extremely anxious. But after the first day it was really, really fun. I bet I, I mean it, it seems like just such a fun environment. I know Neon Trees is just loved over at NBC. If if you go back and listen to once it's like episode ten, I mean we're up to a hundred episodes here and Episode 10 was Seth Herzog, who's uh, Fallon's opener, mm-hmm. and was one of his writers. And you guys were actually getting ready to play one of the final late night with Jimmy Fallon episodes. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it because I was talking to Dave like the night before. And uh, uh, Herzog went on to mention how he's just like, oh, yeah, Jimmy loves neon trees. And just like. Very cool. Jay Leno also loved us. Yeah, you guys did that we were like on three his times? Sh- four times? Six. Six times? Wow. Might have even been seven because I think I was gone for one because I was pregnant. Oh, that's right because John filled in uh, yes. during that. Yeah. So I think it it was either six or seven, which is ridiculous. Wow. That you is, know? I, I remember talking to, to Dave afterwards because Dave and I have always been big Team Coco. Sure. Me too. And after oh, that, yeah. he was just like, it actually kind of eased some of that like when you meet jay and 
shortly after that, I ended up meeting Jay at one of the shows when my wife and I were living in Burbank, and it was it just like, oh, he's he's, he's kind a of, lot different than you. He's think an okay he person, is. and also <laughs> you have to remember, he had a whole crew of people who were yeah. out of work when he stopped working. So when he came back, all of those people were super grateful. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah <I mean>? exactly. <laughs> like very grateful that they got a few more years. Yeah. of that. Job, one of the guys know? that was on that show too. Uh, w- one of the last times I was out in LA, I took Dave to uh, a taping of At Midnight, mm-hmm. and uh, their stage manager was one of the guys that uh, we used to always see over at Leno. And I can't think of what his name is, but both of us were like, "Was that guy from Leno?" <laughs> yep, they must assimilate. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? like, they've got to do something else with it. And that's how I mean, you don't think about that. You think, oh, Jay Leno and Conan, it's like very him versus him, and you know, and you realize that oh man, hundreds of people yeah. and their livelihoods are involved, and you know, I think I, I, one of his crew was saying, I, I don't know who it was, was saying like you know, a lot of the reason he came back was for the people that work for him. So it wasn't like this malicious, like, Conan can't do it thing. Yeah. They approached him and were like, do you want to do this? And he was like, ah, it would be good for them. He doesn't need it. Look at all his cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jay Leno does not need more money or a job. You know what I mean? He just doesn't need yeah. it. But he did it very much for the people who were working for him, which I think is nice, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it stinks for Conan. Yeah, like, I th- he got I think another wor- job. I think it worked out quite well for Conan, <laughs> yeah. though, really. I, I, yeah, I think at the end... Definitely. Yeah, we, we we spend a lot of time over at Conan. When we're we love town. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, playing on Conan is always like a favorite, just because yeah. I like being in his presence. You know, he's just a funny dude. I've <laughs> always liked him since the very beginning. Do you remember in the very beginning when he would go around to bus stations to see who's watching Conan <laughs> <Yeah>. at one <laughs> thirty in the morning, <laughs> and it was all these people like did not know who he was that he was interviewing. Yeah, when it was you ever heard early, of Conan O'Brien? When it was, he, what? he even did that. No, he did that. I want to say during the Apollo shows even recently. Oh, and, yeah? and people didn't, yep, didn't no know clue. who he was. No frame of reference. <laughs> he interviewed a guy named Buffalo. I remember. What's your name? Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, he's always been the right mix of like hilarious, confident, and self-deprecating. You know, yeah. just like just the yeah. right for comedy. Yeah, I, I was I was so bummed when I when I heard you guys were playing Conan because I was like, I want to come. And you did, why didn't you come? <laughs> I was out of town at the time, there you and go. I was so I was just so distraught because Dave was Dave sends me the picture of him with Conan, just like a little it's kid like a on life Christmas. Goal, I know, and I was just like, and he oh. was so nice, yeah. by the way, so nice. My sister and my my brother and sister and sister in law were also there for the taping because we've all been huge Conan yeah. Conan fans since the beginning, you know. And he was took the time to chat with them and was just so nice. So that was a real, it's a real pleasure when you meet people like that, that you have respect for their art and they're nice people. And like, then you have respect for them as a person. And then it's a real sadness when you meet people and you have respect <laughs> for their art and then you don't respect them as a person. That's sad. But you know, both happen. Yeah. And, and then you know what's real sad? I met Bill Cosby and I loved him. Yeah. Oh. I loved him. And I met Donald Trump and he was nice. You know what he said? You're beautiful. he didn't grab my boob though so that's what i'm saying no complaints yeah no complaints it's real sad you got you got away nice and free from that one i did i did and also you have bill cosby you know same thing no no grabby feels no he did not he was actually really nice because you know he's like half blind yeah he's so sweet Uh, he let me ask him a question about ghost dad and he (laughs) answered the question What's crazy is that movie still holds up very nicely. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so bad. So the you want to know the question yeah. I asked him then? Because you know Ghost Dad. Yes. So first of all, I wandered past this room and I was like, Bill, I 
don't want to bother you, but I do want to tell you like how much you mean to me growing up on the Cosby show. I just you're a national treasure. <laughs> I call them <laughs> a national treasure. This was before it all came out about the blatant druggings and molestations. Anyway, but <laughs> he was. I mean, he wasn't. Let's not let that tarnish the good the Cosby show did. Yeah. Anyway, so I told him that, and he was like, well, you're very sweet. Come on in. And I, I was like, oh, thank you. He was like, now, I'm trying to sign this, but I can't find my pen because he's basically yeah. blind, you know? So, you know, I gave him his pen, and I, I was like, Bill, I don't want to overstay my welcome, but I do want to ask you a question about Ghost Dad if you're game. <laughs> and he's like, well, ask away. And I said, at the end of Ghost Dad, when your spirit is getting back into your physical body and your daughter on screen is crying her glycerin tears, Daddy, you know, and you wake up and she gets really excited and she says, Daddy. And you, the first thing you say to her is, there's a terrible draft under my gown. They took my underwear off. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I was like, was that in the script? Or did you did you wing that one? And he's like, I'll tell you what. There's a terrible draft. It took my underwear off. It's in the script. But I added the hey. <laughs> <laughs> and it that satiated my, my questions about Ghost Jed. And I <laughs> gave him a hug and I left. Got a picture also. And then I left. So it was a great experience. Yeah. Unfortunately, the public news sullied that experience somewhat, but not really. I mean, my experience was still great. It's just sad that that's true. Yeah, yeah I, I, I finally saw him live for the first time about six months before that broke, and I was just so thrilled. I was just like, He's a he great is. comedian. That, that, that's him. Oh, yes. And then like a few months later, I was like, why? Yeah, why? right? What if, what? Everybody's got demons. Some are darker and bigger than others, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Sad. Ghost Dad was a great movie. I totally forgot about that one. Don't forget. Me and my family. We Never forget. Cosby himself quote oh, that yeah. all day. Dad is great. <laughs> he made this chocolate, chocolate cake. cake. <laughs> yeah, chocolate it's got cake eggs. For <laughs> it's got milk. It's got flour. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, I, I, for for years, my either my parents or my wife would get me one of his old albums for Christmas, mm. and that that came to an end. Yeah, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah, really quick. It was pulling on the emergency brake there because I was just like, some of those jokes I can't, I can't uh, can't listen to the same anymore. What one of them? One of the albums is like titled something along the lines of "I started as a child," and I was just like, that has mm. a new meaning. <laughs> yeah. And then you go back and you watch 30 Rock where they make a joke about uh, Tracy Morgan calls Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah. And is like, I still haven't forgiven you for what you did to my mom or whatever, you know? And so it was like known in the business yeah. enough to where people would make jokes about it that this was yeah, a thing. Judd you know? Apatow talked about how in like the early 90s, like when he was kind of getting started into things, like they all knew. And I was just like, that's crazy. How how did it take like twenty five years for the that internet to... and the nature of like no no private life? Yeah, you know, I think but it was kind of almost like a, well, it's not my business. Look the other way type of thing before you know. Yeah, like well, that's that's their thing. I'm, I'm not going to get involved in that. You know, yeah, which isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> One encounter I've always been jealous that you got a picture with was when you guys did South by Southwest. Oh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Tyler and I did the unthinkable and approached Bill Murray cold. I ran into him uh, in a grocery store years ago before cell phones were with cameras were okay, a thing. Okay, yeah. And he was super nice, but ever since then, I'm like, I'll never See, get South a picture with Bill Murray. South by Southwest <laughs> is a different animal because you have all these celebrities and you have all these people wanting to talk to celebrities. And so they get, they're over it. You yeah. know what I mean? And we were like, oh, but we, we just can't. 
not go say hello to that's Bill Murray. You know yeah. what I mean? So we definitely we definitely did. And he was sarcastic with us in a way that we knew that we were annoying him. <laughs> but he was nice enough to take a picture. Whereas Brandon had an interaction with Jack Black that left him really sad. <laughs> because I don't remember. You have to have Brandon on the show to have him tell if, the story. If he'll respond to his emails, he oh, will be. Oh, he doesn't be. do it? <laughs> he, All right. Well, he hasn't yet, so you, you can arouse him. him about I'll that. I'll text him. But no, he, he saw Jack Black on the street at South by Southwest once again. And said something to him and Jack Black was super rude and you know really? blew him off and oh, walked man. away. It's I really unfortunate. Jack but Jack of course Jack Black's hilarious. And I guarantee you the rude thing he said was probably funny. But it really hurt <laughs> yeah. Brandon's feelings. <laughs> but, and you never know what happens like in that moment. Like Well what that's day. what I'm saying. It's yeah. South by Southwest. It's an unnatural you, it's like approaching a tiger yeah. when he's already on the defensive. You know what I mean? It's, you can't approach celebrities at South by Southwest and not expect them to be over it yeah. and not forgive them for it too. Right. And Brandon, he's not like holding against him. He's like, yeah, that was unfortunate, but I still love him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just disappointing. Well, when I was covering Festival Supreme this year, like I kept seeing Jack and Kyle just walking back and forth and like everybody was grabbing them for pictures, but they were the two that I was just like, I feel like I'm like I feel like I can't approach them I know. because this is their thing. It's like, so true. It's so whenever I see like I very rarely will approach somebody, especially not like to give get a picture or yeah. whatever, because I don't want to be that person, you know. But there are some people where I'm like, oh, I wish yeah. I were that person <laughs> because I would really like to do that right now. But oh well, at least I, I try to make the rule that it's like it's somebody that like I have to work with them in some facet, whether they're on the podcast, whether I'm producing a show that they're on. Mm -hmm. That that's my rule. But then there's always that instance where. Like when we were up at Sundance, uh, we ran into Judd Apatow, and oh yeah, I've bu I bumped into Judd once before, and it was when I was very green and everything, and I'd even just recently joined Twitter, and his Twitter profile picture at the time was just his nose and his mouth, mm -hmm. so I didn't actually know what he looked like. Right. And I met him and didn't realize it was him. Oh no! And ever since then, I've just been like, like I doubt. And so when we saw him at Sundance, I was like, I have to. And it's just like he's one of my heroes. I, sure. I have, I have to do it, and th that and Tim Armstrong during san diego comic-con i had to he kept, he kept walking past me all day and it was just like it was taunting me at that point sure and so it's when like i went up to, to him and it, it was at first just like dude I, I love rancid like i just have to tell you thank you like it's right and he was just he was the nicest sweetest person which he, I guess did, you never know he always looks try, just right? so gruff it's true and so most people are going to be intimidated to talk to him and he, right. he was the one that was that's just probably so, why he's so nice about <gasps> it because probably not a lot of people do yeah you know <laughs> but yeah that like so it's that, good that about was, having a, nice. an angry resting face, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure less people approach me. Like, <laughs> I ran into somebody, I where was it? Someplace when I was with my kids, and they were like, oh, you must get approached all the time. I'm like, actually not. I really don't. First of all, not a lot of people know what just my face looks like. Yeah. And I don't have iconic hair anymore because I don't care. I'm a mother of four. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just, and I don't care. I'm not the front person, whatever. So, no, they don't. You know who I get the most uh, notices from? Return missionaries of the Mormon faith. Really? <laughs> because I have a Mormon <laughs> message. So oh. it's like, me, I'm oh, Elan Bradley, right. I'm a Mormon. And so they're allowed to watch it and show it to people on their mission. Mm -hmm. And it has Neon Trees music in it. So they're all about it. Oh. You know what I mean? Watching it all the time. So it's always a return mission. It's like, I watched your Mormon message all the time because it had good music in it. So that's who I get the most from because they know my face. <laughs> <laughs> they know my face intimately from the thousands of times they viewed it. You know, But other than that, really not a lot of people, which I'm okay with. Yeah. 
That, that's funny. That, that that just happened to be the, that's my the niche. key demographic. That's my niche. <laughs> Mormon return missionaries. <laughs> the person I do have to say that surprised me the most that I approached was at Festival Supreme was Fred Armisen. I kept seeing Fred come back and forth, and uh. I was trying to write all of my notes between each thing. And I just stopped and just said, hey, Fred, I just have to tell you, you know, you've been a huge inspiration. You're the reason I went to Second City. And he just was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. And then just like w- talked to me for like 15 minutes. And I was just like, oh, I'm jealous of you for that. Because uh, my mind there was, was nothing, blown. There was nothing <laughs> in my heart more hopeful than that Fred Armisen would maybe be there for one of the days that I was <laughs> yeah. there. Because, you know, sometimes yeah. like, he'll sit on a guitar if they already have a drummer. Or he'll do the drums if they're having a guitarist right. in or whatever. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, please. Please just let Fred Armisen <laughs> just be there for like one moment because I do. How could you not love Fred yeah. Armisen? He's hilarious. I'm glad he was yeah. nice. That's he, good. He was, he was he was just beyond sweet. And there were like at one point he was just like, "Oh, are you a musician?" And, was, and it was like the guilt trip. It was like, "Well, I do play. I'm terrible at all of it because I don't practice." But <laughs> right, yeah. But you do comedy. Yeah, I feel like you know that's the other half of what he does. Yeah, and that's the other half of Festival Supreme anyway. So yeah. it's. It was within the mix. I was okay with it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so now with Kissed Out, I mean, what, you guys have the, the one single out. Mm-hmm. So you guys released the music video for it that you I just did, yep. absolutely love. Thank you. So it, you know what's funny? A lot of people just don't get it. And it's really? like, guys, <laughs> you don't have to get it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, uh, what? I don't get it. Like, why aren't you just, like, making out or, like, in love or something? Like, I don't get it. Where's the story? Like, since when do videos have to have <laughs> yeah. a story? Yeah. And, by the way, if you do dissect it, it does still make sense. But that's fine. It's weird. Have you ever okay, seen any of the 80s people. music videos? That's what I'm saying. None of them make sense. Look at the Talking Heads <laughs> videos. Look, I mean, just... Look at any videos. Yeah, I feel like the the art and craft of videos is very, very, uh, it's lost its way. <laughs> and, and, and your guys' video does live up to the 80s the 80s hype, too, of if you get high and watch it, it will be even more so. See, see none of us would know. So that's good to know. So none of us do that, but it's good that we're making a product for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It does have a very trippy, psychedelic feel. I it like does. It. Yeah. yeah. So and it was probably the second time around I watched it when I was like, wait, what's happening to Elaine's teeth? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, I didn't catch it the first time until yep. like... The oh, there, there are so many subtle things. Did you did you catch that Bryce is getting taller the whole time? Yes. I mean, it's, it's great. Those are actually. Do you know Matt Easton at all? He's the guy who directed the video. I think I have met him. He does a once. bunch of stuff. He does dragons videos. He's he's done just a bunch of stuff. But he, it's his hands for when Bryce is oh, really? like growing and he's playing <laughs> and he's, guitar like a yeah. retard. <laughs> yeah, just, that's totally politically incorrect to say. But he's doing this, you know, with his. It's not right. He's just open-handed playing. That's Matt Easton's hand. He doesn't, I guess, doesn't know how to play the guitar. That is really funny to know. Now I'm gonna have to go back through and just like intentionally watch for that because that's yeah. Please do. So, but but yeah, what 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 do you guys have planned kind of next with Kissed Out? Uh, I think we're gonna release another song probably in a, a few weeks and another one after that. It's just it's 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 one of those things where you can't force people to be interested and to love it but you hope they do yeah you know what i mean so we'll just keep doing what we do and doing it well and (laughs) you know and the thing about kiss we do what we want to do we're not making a video so that the masses will enjoy it you know what i mean we're making a video that we totally enjoy and giggle at you know and we hope that people like get the art of it and get the the ridiculousness of it and get like 
who we are, kind of like our humor, because we have very extreme humor. We make each other <laughs> cry all the time. So it's kind of, it's like a very selfish endeavor in that, but I feel like that's art in its purest form is, yeah. you know, doing what you want to do the way that you want to do it. And then it's just, well, it's fickle. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're just doing what we want to do and hoping people like it. Taking people along through the ride to your eyes as, as you see it. Yeah. Well, it's already got... Two, I think 2,000 on Spotify when I just listened to it, so it seems oh. like it's doing fairly well. I, I don't even know what that would mean. <laughs> it's hard because I'm in neon trees, so it's like <laughs> yeah. you compare it to that, and it's like, that's not doing well at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, shoot. Yeah, but I mean, it, it doesn't have a major label behind it that's, no, that's pushing yeah, it's it out right. there, It's just so us. Exactly, yeah. right? So, and, and with another statistic, I mean, you guys have the show this this next weekend yep. down on Valor. And then we're playing at the the Pig Pen, which is Pleasant Grove High School's like, radio show venue. I didn't know that still existed. Yeah, so Pleasant Grove's <laughs> high, high, the, the Pig Pen. Yeah, yeah. They, they're doing shows there again. So, you know, they have the radio station. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that, I think, in April. Nice. And then we'll just, I mean, want that, that's another selfish endeavor. We're like, well, we want to do an album for ourselves. So we'll probably, you know, record the stuff late summer. And then release it somehow. It's a, they're all very selfish yeah. and expensive self endeavors. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, we sure hope people like this, and we can make our money back. <laughs> we'll see. The, that's that's the joy of, of doing anything with the whole DIY process. That's true. Can I break? Such even? a risk. <laughs> it's such a risk. But I mean, without risk, there's no reward, and there's yeah. no there's like such fulfillment in doing art the way that you want to do it, and the way that's like you know people always talk. Uh, it's it's I'm living my truth, which I hate, by the way, and I mock that statement because <laughs> truth is not relative. But anyway, the point is, I feel like that is the truest form of art when when you do something because that's the way that you feel you want to do it, and that's what you value, and that's you know what I mean. You're not catering to somebody, and not that that's wrong. I think it's important, especially if you want to make it your business, to cater. A, a little bit, you know, but like with these with these endeavors, like we don't have to cater to anybody <laughs> if yeah. we don't want to. It's just a matter you of know? you doing you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I don't know that it's been very liberating and very rejuvenating to do these these things that like don't have all the added pressure of the major label and the managers and the you know everybody's got an opinion and and you start to doubt your own opinion because what if they're right and you know it's very it's stressful to be yeah. in the music business you know it's very stressful so it's been nice to do music on my terms without all that extraneous stuff for a while and i think that'll carry over to neon trees and i think the other guys feel it too like just being rejuvenated by doing what you want to do for a while and then coming back to that stressful situation makes it less stressful you know yeah so and plus at it's that point too you you it's kind of almost like a burnout and let the let the batteries recharge per se and totally and yeah then all those talking heads that come at you are just like yeah, yeah it's not I so hard you. but it was getting really hard <laughs> you know so yeah it was it was necessary to take that break but yeah i think it's gonna be good excellent so i'm, gl- I'm glad that we were able to get this get this set up with you i've, I've wanted to sit down and talk with you for a yeah. while as i've kind of mixed in with tyler and had dave on and yeah, I've reached out to Brandon. Like I said, he doesn't. He hasn't returned his message yet. I'll let him know. <laughs> I, I'll rib him about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to sit down with it. I've loved the single from uh, from Castell. Thank you. Always look forward to seeing what you're what you're doing with Neon Trees, of course. And of course, look forward to seeing some more from another statistic. Nice. So, Thank and, you. And yeah, I'll, I will. I will. I will. Saturday. Make it down next Saturday. <laughs> yep. So I haven't been to a show at Valor in who knows how long. So it's time to dive back in. You it, know, it is. put your finger on that pulse. <laughs> I, I definitely will. 
You, you should come too, Jesse. Yeah, I'm Jesse. Love to. <laughs> All right. I'm down. <laughs> right, it'll be right before we head back out to LA. It'll awesome. Be a, it'll be a good, a good, a uh, good kickoff to it all. Great. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. And real quick, where can everybody find you on social media to, uh, to keep oh, up with you? Oh, so I am at Elaine Trees on the Twitter and on the Instagram. And I think you just have to type in my name on Facebook <laughs> and, <laughs> and something will come up and, and you'll recognize that it's me. <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't even know. I think my handle's like Elaine G Bradley dot three three two dot you know what I mean? I yeah. didn't I didn't pick a name on, on Facebook. <laughs> but oh well, you can find Kissed Out on Facebook when you type in Kissed Out. You can t- find Kissed Out on Twitter at Kissed Out and then also at Kissed Out on Instagram. And you can find another statistic. As people are now sleeping, by the way. <laughs> you can find another statistic. I think it's I think it's at another statistic band on Instagram. And then another statistic has a, a page on Facebook as well. But, uh, you know, you can Google any one of those things and things will come up. That's come the up. thing about the internet. <laughs> it's like you don't even have to know my handle. You just yeah. search for Elaine Bradley and I'm sure someone will come and, up. And Google will provide. Yeah. And if you get, <laughs> I think there's an author named uh, Elaine Bradley. So don't click on her. She's older than I am. That's how you'll know. <laughs> and she'll be a writer by profession. Don't do it. That's also how you'll know. <laughs> so stay I, away from her. <laughs> I, I, I run into the same issue. For the longest time, the two term Tim Drakes that would pull up before me were, and this one I'll never beat out, but is uh, the third Robin from Batman is Tim Drake. And the first two pages on Google are all DC pages. So I'm never going to, to beat that out. Yeah. Luckily uh, for me, Neon Trees went some somewhere yeah. like kind of big. And so I'm the only Elaine G, the Elaine Bradley that comes up like a lot. Yeah. But there is the occasional author yeah, lady that pops up, you know, and like occasional random picture. I'm like, that's not me. I, see, I, I had the, I had the author and I finally have squashed him down. And I'm just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Google SEO. You know what? You keep, <laughs> you keep climbing up the Google charts. You'll get there eventually. I think you're going to have that whole first page by the end of the next two years. Um, if, if that happens, I'm going to be like, Elaine worked magic. I she did. put it out there in the universe, and here we are. That's what you do. you got to think positive. you got to think big. And then DC will somehow sue me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elaine. Welcome.